Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. These are the conversations I live for. I live for. I mean, with all my friends, my best friends, we just get together and we're like, there's no filters. We don't hold back. It's like everything from maybe some deep issues to sex to finances, financial independence to marriage and relationship. Talk about everything. And that's kind of what I love and thrive in. And so for me, I feel like podcasts are being able to step into that intimate space where it's not filtered and get a piece of a conversation that maybe you don't have access to in a friendship group or a family and being able to learn from it. Hello and welcome to the podcast Cast Away. A podcast about podcasts. A cross between a goggle box and desert island discs of podcasts. I'm Laura Whitmore, broadcaster, performer, chancer and podcast lover. I've been on a mission to get my next fix of podcast recommendations Every week, I'll be talking about all things podcasts with people who love podcasts, many of whom have podcasts themselves. Many times can I say podcasts in one sentence? Reckon a few more. So whether you're looking for podcasts about mental health or comedy, love, crime, or your next fictional series to binge listen to, my guests have got you covered. You may also be surprised by what some folk are listening to. And from that, a springboard into some really interesting discussions. Welcome to Castaway. My guest on this week's episode of Castaway is a model, body positive and mental health campaigner, activist, podcaster, influencer, and if that wasn't enough, she even has a master's in child psychology. Currently on the cover of Women's Health magazine, today's guest is Jada Caesar, who also happens to be a very good friend of mine. Today we talk about our infatuation with Oprah. We also talk about Jada's interest in real human relationships, as well as Jada's predictions for the future of Instagram and her shock at my 50,000 unopened emails. It's true. Also, apologies in advance for my rumbling stomach and thank God for the emergency fruit bowl and toffee sweets in studio. This is Jada Caesar. Jada, hi. Hi. Hi, how are you? Oh, so good to see you. You too. I'm like, so just for for those who who don't know, me and Jada did a trip last year um, with Bumble Mm, and you were my buddy in a, was it canoe? Was it a canoe? What was that thing we were in? Yeah, it was a canoe. That was teamwork. Cause that was te- <laughs> yeah, we just got thrown together. Yeah. We had to survive the rapids. <laughs> rapids. Of the Amalfi Coast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we didn't really know each other that well. And then suddenly I'm like, I liked our teamwork. I thought we, we were, were so singing, good. row, yeah. row, row your boat. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that? that. That was so good. Yeah. We just kind of cracked on and just yeah. became friends. And was like, I like you, I like you. And we're, we're surviving. We haven't capsized. Uh, no, we're here to tell the tale. Yeah. That's right. Of and then we were roomies. We were. Were we kind were of we were near, near each other? Yeah, in and, and that beautiful hotel. It was That was a really lovely trip. We were very lucky to go on that. That was one of the best trips I've ever been on in my life. Because I was there with you. That's all. That's why. That's why. <laughs> um, what uh, I love so much about you um, is just the voice that you have and how well you speak about issues that are close to you. And um, for me... Uh, why I listen to podcasts is the storytelling mm. element and and uh, I said this to you earlier on I may, it makes me feel smarter it gives me facts that I don't know where I get from um, but you you have a podcast uh, it's out at the moment um, mm. actually you've got two things going on we're going to talk firstly about the one you do with Bumble because that's uh, how we met mm-hmm. and it's called Unsubscribe yeah. which the name alone really resonated with me because it's all about subscribe to this, subscribe to this. Are you part of this? Have you added your name to this? Yeah. And this was, let's just take a chill. Yeah. yeah. And who are you? You're, we're often giving ourselves labels of, are you a mum? Are you this person's girlfriend? Are you, you know, a fashionista? Are you a blogger? Are you? And it's actually, we don't, the labels don't define us or the boxes that we're pigeonholed into. 
aren't who we are. It's what we choose to be. So it's unsubscribing from these labels that are placed on us, sometimes self-placed or placed by others, and say, actually, what do I want in my life? Mm-hmm. And also that mailing list. Unsubscribe from all of those things that are bombarding us in our emails. Can I show you day. something really um, yeah, horrific? <laughs> I'm gonna just, this is my phone. I'm just opening up now. Um, and I'm going to go into my... This, this makes people really Uh-oh. anxious. Okay, this is my inbox. Oh my God, Laura. You know, uh, okay, I thought I was bad. 53,566 unopened mail. Most of them are like subscription things that I've accidentally signed up for and they're sending you newsletters. Unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. But what do I do? That's I actually too find it therapeutic gone. to unsubscribe, to go through all of those emails and go right down to the bottom in the small print and click unsubscribe. They make it so hard. They do. They hide it. They do, but then you feel like your sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Like, you can't get me. Okay. I'm just going to have to, like, take some time after this. I need a few hours just to kind of go through that. <laughs> a few days. But I think this represents what goes on in my life. Uh, and it's kind of clearing it all away. Mm. And just to tell people what Bumble is, that's, that's who you did an association with. And yeah. the gorgeous just Louise um, yeah. Lou, who's a good well, friend of ours. What's funny is actually that podcast was something I'd been thinking about for the, for the past two years and really wanted to have these enriching, evoking conversations. And I sat on a boat. Do you remember that boat trip we did? Yeah. That was un- overlooking the Amalfi Coast at sunset and there was We're all, all these beautiful stars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then and we stayed on that boat oh, the whole yeah, entire the night. Nighttime and one it was with, the nighttime yeah. and we had to create these little boat um, papers and yeah. write our hopes and dreams in them and, and let set them alight and set them into the I, one of them someone set their whole boat on fire I think that was, was that your one? <laughs> I think that was mine you were to put a message in the water with a little candle and it was supposed to send the message away Jada's boat just goes on fire <laughs> mine is like we're gonna <laughs> raise the roof with this one <laughs> and that night I spoke to Louise who is who worked at Bumble and I said you know I love the kind of conversation we just connected on that trip and I said I have this idea for a podcast and I love the conversations that we have and I just have a feeling that we just met really like spiritually with the wholesome conversations we were having and there and then I said look would you like to be my podcast host and she was like oh my god yeah and there was this synergy that I hadn't expected and you know I followed my gut and we got in the room and we sat down and was we had a conversation for about five hours about all the things that we'd like to discuss they just really worked Mm -hmm. and her and I I was just like this is a great team that let's figure out who we're going to get on this show and so it kind of just went from there. I really think like follow your gut with mm-hmm. these things. I think that's like most things. Um, just for people who don't know about Bumble, it is a dating site, but also what I love so much about it, because um, I've worked with them and and I have a boyfriend. Um, so he was a little bit miffed when I was like, I'm going to work with Bumble. He's like, uh, what? Yeah. But they also, what I love is this empowering business element of it and the friendship groups mm. um, with BFF. Uh, so it's about kind of making those connections even like what happened with us, I didn't know you beforehand. Yeah. Those friend dates and those like-minded people that you can connect with that can help you, mm-hmm. similar with you and Louise and setting mm-hmm. up this podcast and then getting that conversation and bringing it to the masses through a podcast. Yeah, right. Uh, I want to talk about some of the people that you've had on that show. Uh, just because why I love podcasts is it, it brings up things for me personally, uh, makes me think about things. Uh, and you had Vanessa Kingori from oh, Vogue. Yeah. And she talked about, I suppose it's that that having it all, being really successful. Mm -hmm. And then should you have the relationship too? Can you just have one? Can you have both? And that that created a really important conversation. What's the the biggest risk you glad you're glad you took in life and in business? Yeah, gosh. It's a really good question. I feel like I'm taking risks all of the time. Definitely, um, it sounds really odd to say it, but going to Vogue, because when, um, so my career trajectory, I was um, publisher of GQ, it was all going great guns, I had lots of firsts there, you know, as the first woman to be publisher there, but it was the first person of colour, and um, I felt like there were lots of people who underestimated me, and I was able to really deliver in that role and knock it out the park with the numbers that really speak for themselves and so on. And it was all going great guns. And I sort of thought, kind of probably quit while you're ahead here. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Don't push it, you know. Um, And I was at the point where I sort of thought I would probably quite like a completely different challenge now. 
And the opportunity for sort of to move to Vogue came along. And again, it was lots of firsts and so on. Part of me just felt like it was risky because there was more to lose. You know, I kind of was on this winning streak and, you know, I could probably slightly mess up my legacy if I went to Vogue and failed. It's big and it's exposed. Um, and I also really was at the point where I wanted to affect change beyond um, doing a great job, you know. And my job's really about delivering numbers. Um, and it, I really, of course, I sort of by that point knew I could do that. It would take a lot of hard work, but it was also about just feeling like that there was just something more that I, wa I wanted to be a part of something which was kind of meaningful and more enriching. She's the youngest first female to be the publishing director of British Vogue, which is huge. So much respect for her. She spoke about the um, work-life blend. You can't have 100% of being like at home and being at work and being switched on 100% in both places because you only have 100%. So in fact, blending those two things and making your life work for you makes sense and she talked to us about how she did that and how she managed it and you know going into Vogue House eight months pregnant strutting around as this powerhouse but it just also gave her a different dynamic of feeling really a bit more I guess being pregnant leaves you with this sense of you're creating a miracle you're being it's tapping into that nurturing maternal vibe that people then look at you in a different way you can also be this powerhouse woman but also raising a family so mm -hmm. you've got like these two things coming together which um she spoke of and I was really fascinated by because you know you often think you have to choose one or the other but she's a living example of having it both ways do you think through these conversations because you probably go in there when you do a podcast I know for me with this I'm like okay, I'm gonna go in get recommendations of a podcast and because there's so many out there and I think people feel a little bit overwhelmed mm. but I go in with one idea and then I come out having spoken about something completely different. For you from doing the podcast, was there any conversation that you didn't expect to have or that resonated with you? Ooh, from unsubscribe. Mm. I don't think I was necessarily shocked by anything, but I remember, I think, listening to uh, Joy Crooks and mm. just getting a little bit more about her that was really, you know, I felt, you know, I, I thought I knew her, but coming from... So I remember her saying something like, don't quote me on this because I can't remember, but it was similar to, I, you know, people might think of me as an R&B artist because I'm, I'm, I'm mixed, I'm, like I'm half Bengali, half Irish, and people would bracket me and pigeonhole me into this sort of genre. And she's actually like, I'm an indie artist and that's what I want to be like. And I thought, that's great because my head may have made that assumption too, but being able to clarify it mm -hmm. is that oh yeah of course you are that makes sense now I listen to your music I hear that um, so it was yeah I think I kind of knew who they were but it was really great to have an ex experience a bit of a deeper mm -hmm. understanding of that. to have the space and the time mm, to sit it. down and have a conversation as opposed to have a, a soundbite yeah. or something in characters that fit into you know a, a tweet or an Instagram video yeah. to actually have time yeah we had Cassandra Gracie on who is the full oh Cass I, I love, love her. her so much and people and a lot of people would probably know who Cass is outside of the industry yeah yeah the president of Sony's full floor creative group um another powerhouse yeah. woman that you see in the Sony building which is where my management is and I walk through and I'd see her office and she's there and she's just a striking woman mm -hmm. with this big blonde hair and all these rings mm -hmm. just fabulous and you know it's, it's like wow She's so cool. And then you sit down and you obviously know, you know, you're driven, you're successful, you're hungry, you're motivated. But you don't know that she would go like mountain climbing with her dad and wake up at 5am every single day to box because she just loves getting that adrenaline rush. Mm -hmm. um, that she took on her first job and was pregnant with her first child and would take him along travelling on tour with her and her bands. It's those behind the scenes that for me are fascinating because it's the mentality behind how you've, got to where you are mm -hmm. and what you thought how you navigated that space and I love hearing these women's experiences because I'm like okay I want to pick a bit of that and take that with me mm -hmm. um, and hopefully add value to my life in a way that makes me want to you know 
succeed a bit better. How long have you been listening to podcasts? Do you remember the first one that you listened to or the, you know, around what time made you go, oh, I might give this a go? Because I was kind of apprehensive. Mm. I was like, what is this weird podcast thing? There's enough things to be doing. Yeah. And also, how do you find a podcast? Yeah. My mom still is confused. She hasn't listened to mine yet. I'm like, just hit the link and you can listen to it. You've got to onboard her slowly but surely. (laughs) Do you remember what podcast you first listened to? Um, I think it's, uh, so I think it was my ex-boyfriend at the time used to listen to how I built this or what's the one about fish no such thing as a fish no such thing as a fish for the facts that's it so yeah, he used the to QI, listen to that QI elves I think yeah. so so he used to listen to that and I was like what the hell is this and so he taught me how to listen to podcasts because I think that's the first thing you're like this is a whole new world what like, do you mean what? how do you listen to podcasts like how do I access the app <laughs> then you have to go in and download it and then you have to learning how to navigate it's that like and two, search two buttons you have to hit there Jada <laughs> you need to talk to Carmel Whitmore <laughs> yeah speaking of the influencer <laughs> I mean, I'm Stone Age. I, when I get set in my ways, that's all I know. And, okay. and trying to think about something else and bringing it into my life, I'm, I'm reluctant to. Okay. I'm like, I've got enough going on. But that was one of my first podcasts. And then yeah. after that, I was like, ooh, he just new opened world. up a whole new world for me. I was, yeah, serial. I binged that. That was a good one. I know. Um, I, you have to be careful when you where you are. I was by myself listening to that. It creeped myself out a little bit. Oh, God, yeah. Where do you listen to podcasts? Um... So different ones in different places. Oh. And most of the time, I will listen to them whilst I'm doing my makeup in the mornings. Mm-hmm. I just like having it on the side okay. or if I'm cleaning. Mm-hmm. Generally, if I'm home alone, I love having another voice in the room. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid and I was home alone and got back from school, I would always put the TV on just to feel like I had people Me in my too. house. Yeah. I'd get scared. Yeah. And I've come from a big family. So I'm used to hearing someone shouting and someone's like the kids playing and laughing, mum cooking in the, the kitchen. I'm used to having that sense of people around me. And when I didn't, and especially when I moved into my own house, I'm like, this is so creepy and quiet. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I like it, but generally I like having noise. I have noise. My mom, when I was younger, because I just grew up with my mom, and if I was home from school early, um, I would literally just have telly on upstairs, downstairs, yeah. the radio. She's like, why have we got everything on? But I just wanted that noise of something going on. Yeah. Maybe so I didn't have the voices in my own head. Oh. Uh, but one of the first podcasts uh, that I got into, um, you have on your list of recommendations. And that is Super Soul Sunday, oh, Oprah Winfrey. So Tell me good. why, Jada. I, don't, I think, first of all, who doesn't love Oprah? Her voice is so calming that sometimes I've listened to the same episode a million times and I put it on just because it sets the mood of this really lovely, friendly, welcoming voice that you can relax to. And I think every episode has a lesson that you can go back and learn again and again and again. Um, Her one with Eckhart Tolle is one of my favourites. He's amazing too. Really insightful, intelligent thought-provoking author, thought leader. Um, yeah. Did you hear my tummy? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I've been trying to hold it for a while. I've just had an orange before we did this. I might have a banana. I have like more substantial. You know what? I might have a banana as I'm talking to you. So if you hear me chomping, is it quite rude to eat? No. Brad Pitt always eats in films. Do you ever notice that? It's a thing. He's talked about it. He says um. it makes you more attractive if you're eating. I mean, I, I mean, would agree with that. <laughs> Maybe he's not actually good looking. He's just always eating. That's why he seems so attractive. It's a trick. But his characters are always eating in films. He's instantly become cuter. Um, Laura, <laughs> holding up <that> banana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really conscious of eating my banana now. So um, I'm just going to eat this banana and you're okay, going to talk about Oprah. Talk about Oprah Winfrey for okay. a second. Right. With Oprah. <laughs> now I'm really getting distracted. <laughs> okay. With Oprah. Yeah. I think it's one of those podcasts that you can come back to time and time again and still learn something new. Mm-hmm. She also has... Are we going to talk about Oprah's Masterclass? We just talk about everything. Can we talk about that? Because that's also my favourite one. Do you listen yeah. to that too? Yeah. I I was late to that. Oh, how come? Because I was so, I got into Super Soul Sunday and I mm. listened to a lot of, um, I think it was, it, it, as you say, it depends on where you are mm. and what, what you're going through. Um, yeah. And I remember I kind of was, I started listening because of who she had guest-wise. Mm. So I would be like, oh, like... Uh, who did she have on? Like Maya Angelou was like, I love her. And also, that's like her mom. So she speaks to her, mm-hmm. like she, not her actual mom, but she says she's like a mother figure. Yeah. So they have it's it's almost like a mother daughter chat yeah. that they have. So I was kind of coming for the people 
And then I kind of went to all the people I wanted to listen to. And then I started listening to everything else that was out there. Yeah. Which, yeah. And then in, getting into the masterclasses. Um, but yeah, I... Sorry, I'm, I'm now I, I think you go to... You're two, interviewing me now. Why sorry, am I, I think, I think so you much. go to different pe- different yeah. podcasts for different things. And the masterclass one is when you're feeling driven. I need to get a little bit of insight into that person's career journey. Yeah. Um, whereas the Super Soul Sundays are a little bit more wholesome. Mm-hmm. When I'm feeling like I need to do some self-development work or self-reflection... And yeah, like you said with the Maya Angelou one, it was really lovely to see Oprah's dynamic shift Mm. where she kind of regresses in a way that you don't often see her because she just, you know, Maya Angelou is filled with wisdom that we could all learn from. But to know that Oprah has people that she's also listening to and respects and is growing from is quite inspiring. It just shows that you never know enough or you will never, you know, be fully, you know, I think Oprah's at the top of her game. I don't. Th- I think she should be prime minister, president, world leader, forever. But in that show, it shows that there's also growth for her. Someone yes, like that. she's always trying to learn. The truth is, right may not be expedient. It may not be profitable, but it will satisfy your soul. It brings you the kind of protection that bodyguards can't give you. Try to be all you can be, to be the best human being you can be. Try to be that in your church, in your temple. Try to be that in your classroom. Do it because it is right to do. You see, people will know you. And they will add their prayers to your life. They'll wish you well. I think if your name is mentioned and people say, oh, hell, Oh, damn. (laughs) I think you're doing something wrong. But if your name is mentioned and people say, oh, she's so sweet. He's so nice. Oh, I love, oh, God bless her. There you are. So try to live your life in a way that you will not regret years of useless virtue and inertia and timidity. Take up the battle. Take it up. It's yours. This is your life. This is your world. I'll be leaving it long before you under the ordinary set of circumstances. You make your own choices. You can decide life isn't worth living. And that would be the worst thing you can do. How do you know? Something that she starts each show with that I really need to learn because I'm always rushing. And same with you. There's a schedule and mm. you, know, you do this, then you do that. And she just starts off and she talks about time. Mm. and how we need to give each other time it's the most important thing you can give yourself time is time to be more present with who you are or something like that yeah and she does at the beginning of each um, Super Soul Sunday and I I need to hear it Mm. because I don't give myself time but podcasts are the one time I give myself time really yeah especially an hour in one go do you you just sit down and listen to them no I'll be doing something else but that's, that's the most I'll give myself but it means I'm not scrolling Instagram. It means I'm not replying to an email. Interesting. It means I'm maybe cleaning the house or I'm bringing the dog for a walk. But it's mm. a, it's 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 a Laura time. It's me time. Yeah, yeah. I see. I see. For me, I probably consume them a little bit differently. Whilst I'm cleaning or doing something physical or manual, I'm listening to a podcast to kind of keep my brain working too, mm. because my body's working. I'm washing up. I'm cleaning, mm-hmm. but my mind's not working. So mm. for me, in the mornings. I will listen to a podcast whilst I'm doing my makeup because I can't do something with my mind because I can't answer emails because my hands are already taken. So I like to feel like I'm yeah. using all my brain, my body, everything at the same time. And I think a podcast taps into that. I know. I think that's my head I, occupied. I totally think that makes makes sense. And it's makes you, making you think, making you question. Yeah. Like talking about Oprah, she's constantly questioning herself yeah. and her own beliefs and, beliefs and how she views people. I think that's what I love about her the most. She's just curious mm-hmm. and she's constantly curious about what is right or wrong in the world. And, and does that feel, is that something that we should change? Um with these values and morals that I don't think have ever really changed throughout her time. She's always been this pioneer of like truth and respect, self-respect and equality mm-hmm. um, from the get-go, mm-hmm. from the day that she was interviewing people on the Oprah show yeah. and just finding out people's experiences. And I think that integrity that carries through is what I love about her. Um, it is that integrity. And it's also just maybe giving us an insight into people that we don't 
normally see and have those conversations with the Oprah show they're all you know a lot of the time it's like well-known people and she Mm -hmm. does like on her podcast she'll have the Bradley Coopers and the Julia Roberts um and I remember one that resonated with me was um, Anthony Ray Hinton. I don't know if you remember this one, but he was on death row for murdering someone. Mm. And uh, I suppose to find that empathy with someone who's a murderer mm. and have those conversations. And this is a man who's changed his life completely now. Yeah. Um, and that was a conversation that I, I don't know what I've ever, if it wasn't on Oprah, would I've ever listened to that yeah, initially. Interesting. And it just opens up this world. And, and she kind of came from a very non-judgmental way. Mm. But then asked the question, like, like how do you live your, live with yourself and continue on after you've done something and ruined so many people's lives? Mm. But rather than ruining, continuing to ruin your life and someone else's, can you make that change and, and actually bring good into the world? Yeah. What can you learn? And there's never a time when you can stop learning and there's never a time when you can't change. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. I think those really difficult questions are the ones that we often want to know the answer to, but are too scared to ask. Mm -hmm. And so she'll talk from a place of humility and humanity. Mm. And I think for me, that's a really interesting approach to make because, you know, it's easy for us to get stuck in our head of like the pre-assumption of when you meet someone, you know, they say you make an assumption about them in the first like, Millis like 1.5 seconds yeah and we all we all do it yeah we all do whether we try to like you I'll see someone and I'll prejudge them but then I have to be open to change my mind yeah exactly Uh, on your list here you have where should we begin with Esther Peral talking about the interest in just human relationships this is so good this is you use the word juicy this is so juicy I okay I would say this podcast is like being a fly on the wall in a couple's therapy room Mm which is what Esperal does really well. She is a, you'd probably have a better definition for me than what I'm about to say, but she's a specialist sex I psychotherapist. Yeah, I would say like a couple couple's therapist. Counselor, yeah. yep. And um, she's released some bestsellers and is a really... <laughs> so I recently found this probably around a year ago and season three is just out. I highly recommend going to listen to that. But there was this one episode that really got me mm-hmm. and it was this couple that was in a room discussing um the fact that she was being cheated on for over a year I think her husband was having an, an affair mm-hmm. or may have had two and she was angry and she was hurt and Esther Perel asked her a question and she came back with quite an abrupt tone and she said you know this sounds you sound very angry she's like no I'm not angry um, I got quite defensive about it. Mm. And then you see Esther kind of doing a voiceover after and was like, I wanted to ask her if she was angry. Of course I knew the answer to that question, but I wanted to see how he was going to respond with her saying, no, I'm not angry. And for her, it's, and for him, mm-hmm. it's like understanding the dynamic shift of like, is she telling the truth or is she being defensive? Mm-hmm. How do you, are you being defensive? Is that the truth? Mm-hmm. Um Whereas often we react and not think about our reactions. Mm-hmm. And in that room, in those therapy rooms, a lot of the time the couples have to be honest mm-hmm. because Esther doesn't take no. She doesn't take shit. No, she doesn't. I was thinking, can I swear? Yeah, Anna, do everyone's my podcast. <laughs> she doesn't take it and she all, will also call it out and yeah. make you feel uncomfortable. And, you know, you hear couples crying and having incredible breakthroughs on that show and others being really guarded. And by the end of it, they're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. The problem I'm having is that I don't trust that his infidelities lasted for only what he said. So I hear you. But I also doubt that. I doubt that that it hadn't happened all along. Hmm. Because sometimes I'm in that space where I don't believe that he wants to be here. Uh Uh-huh. And why? I think that there was a lot of excitement that was there to be had, to be to experience. And I told him... Do you know that? Yeah. Do you know that from asking him? He said so, and I, I spoke to him about that. I said, don't tell me that this was torture for you in that way. There had to be something good. You don't do this for a year and a half if there isn't something good. Don't play the role of this victim saying that 
you know, it was all horrible, or you feel like you're supposed to say these things. Right. If you still want to be here, that you have to play the victim, that you have to play the hurt one. Or... But it's a mixture of both. This is an important moment because while she's able to express her compassion for him, she also wants him to stand accountable. And interestingly, when she says to him, I don't believe that's all there was, there was more, she chooses not to ask it as a question and to trust her own sense without needing him to confirm it, which she may not even believe anyway, or to disconfirm it, which she may not believe either. And she chooses for that moment to put the emphasis not on have there been others but on am I the one you want to be with you know again I just love these real human moments of people being able to cut through all the noise and get to the heart of the problem Mm -hmm. and Esther does that do you think you've learned or you've got much about your own relationships from listening to that or you could see how someone's reacting going oh I kind of do that or I think, like with that woman, I'm sure if she listened back, she probably would probably, oh my God, like, you don't realise how angry she was. Like, to turn mm-hmm. around and go, I'm not angry. And then, yeah. and so, like, I'll do things like that sometimes where, like, my boyfriend might be like, why are you so angry? I'm like, I'm not angry. Yeah. And, like, if you record me and play it back, I'll be, I clearly was angry. Yeah. yeah. But you do kind of learn, even though these situations yeah. might be more, you know, severe or, yeah. or bigger yeah. issues. You definitely can see little traits that run in our own absolutely, relationships. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's so easy to just go into something defensive and protective. It's yeah. it's almost instinct kicking in. Like, I'm going to protect myself mm-hmm. because I don't want to get hurt. And it's really hard to sit in front of the person you love the most and be vulnerable and still hope that you're being received as somebody that is lovable. Mm-hmm. Because often, it, it, does it come hand in That's hand? so interesting. To be lovable, because you want to be lovable, but you also want to be, to to Mm. put your point across as well. Yeah, and also that comes with strength and self-preservation and protection and, you know, confidence and nothing can touch Mm. me and I'm invincible. But actually there's a real therapeutic, um, I I think it's it's really satisfying in a way that doesn't necessarily, the brain Mm. wouldn't see it to be satisfying to be vulnerable and speak the truth of how you're feeling in that situation. And then for that to be received with love can bring you closer than as if you was to say, I'm not angry and storm out and just protect yourself and be like, well, you can't hurt me. Yeah. And then you figure it out later and you come back and calm down and be like, oh, let's just be friends. But actually to be honest with yourself and call out that elephant in the room Mm -hmm. or the voice in the back of your head that you're petrified of and you're trying to put away. If it's in a trusting, loving relationship, I think it's worth it. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. We, we do kind of put a guard up... Um, you you know you come from you're an influencer mm. um, how would you describe yourself actually because you're activist influencer model do you find that people kind of have expectations of what you should be or who you are um, and do you find difficulties breaking down that so I kind of accidentally fell into this world when I was modelling and I started to create an online profile through activism work mm-hmm. on the platform of Instagram. And I was talking about body positivity and inclusion and taking loads of pictures of myself mm-hmm. that wasn't really seen back mm-hmm. in the day. You know, the kind of image sharing and being able to tap into different subcultures wasn't as easily accessible as it is now. You can just Google whoever yeah. and you can find whatever kind of person and, and subculture yeah. you want. Whereas back then, seeing somebody 
that was just a bit curvier in a more editorial setting, so more flashy, polished mm. pictures, wasn't really the norm. And then because that was different, I guess my following grew from that. Mm-hmm. But the heart of what I would talk about is just self-love and equality and for every woman to feel good. It was never about just your body size. It was mm-hmm. about everybody. Because I was working with a lot of young people at that point. I was doing my master's in child psychotherapy and had a lot of different placements with young girls with eating disorders to severe behavioural difficulties of young um, boys in primary schools. And, you know, it would it would completely be a, a mixed range of, of kids. And the core thing is self-esteem. If you've mm. not kind of had that um, given to you and supported and nurtured as a child, then you'll grow up to have all of these other issues that stem from the fact that you're you feel unlovable. Mm. And so for me, I think that was the core message that I continue to talk about. And it's changed from being a plus size model and body positivity to being somebody in the fitness world that shows that you can be any size and run a marathon Mm -hmm. or swim two miles. I did a swim serpentine challenge recently where I swim, I swam Hyde Park serpentine. (gasps) How cold was it? (laughs) It was freezing. (laughs) It wasn't as cold as it could have been, luckily. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, it was it was a challenge nonetheless. It's interesting having like hundreds of people kick you in the face and jump over you and you're splattering and trying to swim. But again, it's a challenge to prove that you can do that. Your mm-hmm. body can take you to places that you never thought you could if your mind's in the right place. And I think the expectation issue kind of only happened when I was pursuing this modelling career that I was, you know, kind of swept into after being scouted online on Instagram. And I thought, why not? then, you know, show my, showcase my work and my voice by working with these large brands. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. And then when I started to get really deep into being a model and being a good model, that's when I started to lose my voice, lose my purpose, lose a sense of what I was actually here and enjoyed doing and, and thought that I wanted to do and became a good model and was like, actually, this isn't who I am. I don't just want to be the prettiest girl in the room. Mm. For me, that doesn't, that feels fickle. It feels, it's not a stable place to it's not your purpose it's not my purpose and it's also that can get knocked so easily mm-hmm. if you place a lot of importance on somebody else's opinion mm-hmm. that can just be stripped with a negative comment so I kind of was like this doesn't feel right and that's when the expectations kind of came in and I was like okay I can't I need to pull out of this and I moved back from New York where I was living at the time and modeling out there came back home and started focusing on what I had to say and became an ambassador for Young Minds Charity and one thing led to another. How important are podcasts to continue these conversations and have that space? Uh, because, you know, we joked beforehand about, I was like, my mom doesn't know how to use it, but <laughs> it, it is a huge platform yeah. to have a long form conversation. Yeah. And you, know, you use Instagram uh, for your purpose and for th- that positive agenda that you want to push forward and those messages to get across. Mm. How important is it to have that outlet where you, t- you know, you talk about like Esther Perel being able to see those real mm. life, real life relationships yeah. that that are not necessarily glitzed up for TV like Jer- a Jeremy Kyle show w- would do. That's, you know, it's kind of in its rawest form. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. How important is it to have that space for, for your work? I mean, these are the conversations I live for. Yeah. I live for. I mean, with all my friends, my best friends, we just get together and we're like, there's no filters. We don't hold back. It's like everything from maybe some deep issues to sex to finances, financial independence to marriage mm-hmm. and relationship. We talk about everything. And that's kind of what I love and thrive in. And so for me, I feel like podcasts are being able to step into that intimate space yeah. where it's not filtered and get a piece of a conversation that maybe you don't have access to in a friendship group or a family and being able to learn from it. And for me, obviously, it's being able to tell people more than just an image on Instagram. It's get to know me, get to know who I am, what my thoughts and opinions are um, that they have access to that isn't just about getting to the top of an algorithm on Instagram for it to be shared. Yeah, Podcasts, you know, you can just type in anyone's name and find out, get a feeling for all of them. I know if I'm about to interview someone or I want to find out a bit more, I'll just type in that person's name and listen to all the interviews on all the podcasts that they've yeah, been on. I do that. Yeah, I've always, because I always think when you, even if you read an interview in like a newspaper, yeah. you don't really get a sense of who they no. are. When you hear their voice yeah. and you hear it without, if unedited as much as possible, uh-huh. that's the essence of who they are. Yeah, you can get a really crazy feeling, a yeah. really great, like a really clear vibe mm-hmm. of who that person is just from the tone and the rhythm and the pace of someone's voice. People say that I'm quite 
relaxing. My my voice is really relaxing. So the opposite, <laughs> but, I'm hyper. <laughs> but I feel like we, we've got a good balance because you're we like giving well me together. energy, whereas I'm generally really chilled. And I'm not like a I don't I'm not like a yogi and yeah. a, a hippie. I'm just yeah I like I'm zen even my house is zen when I come home I like candles Mm -hmm. I just love that feeling of cozy chill vibes I just want you to follow me around all the time chill me right out come to my house Uh, one of the podcasts which is a little bit different to what we've spoken about already is The Daily Um, and you say you listen to it most mornings it gives you a snippet of cultural social and current affairs it's basically your daily dose of the news it's like reading the newspaper absolutely This, you know when you said I need to listen to things to feel smart (laughs) this is why I listen to The Daily so I have something to talk about over dinner with someone that Mm -hmm you know, is not very talkative. I'll just make them listen to me and I'll just spiel out everything I learned that week. So the daily is about five minutes long. Um, Wait, is it five? Yeah, five to 15 minutes. It's just instant news. Um, It's part of the New York Times. And I listen to that when I'm doing my makeup in the mornings to get and it also is interesting perspective of certain news topics so not only do they get you up to date the journalists that are reporting on these issues are so eloquent and interesting and honest like they get to the real like you know I think there was um I think uh, some someone did a report about ISIS and they were on the front lines mm. really getting into it um and I'm a huge supporter of that real journalism that's on the ground that's not just kind of looking in from a distance that's that's there yeah telling us exactly what it's like uh, it, the show gets two million downloads every morning wow um it's hugely popular it's i think it's about 20 minutes and it's five days a week um of journalism from the the new york times and it's yeah you, you're right it's i think a lot of people there's some podcasts out there that are four hours long mm. and on average i think they're about an hour long this is 20 minutes in the morning listen to it as you're getting ready as you're in the mm. shower and it's like sitting there reading the newspapers. You're kind of set yeah, for the day. Yeah, and they really set the tone as well. I think there's like, I was listening to it the other day. I was like, oh my God, I'm feeling like this is really eerie. And I was like, oh, because there's some music that's kind of the, yeah, they were it. And, it. and it just makes you feel like you're there. Yeah. Um, and I like to listen to things that are quite effortless. So mm-hmm. I can just turn it on and I feel like I'm already zoned in mm-hmm. without it feeling um, staggered or it's overload of information, which can feel overwhelming at times, which is why, you know, sometimes the news can just be a bit like, oh, downer. Whereas this informative but yeah. also like this is what's happening in the world hosted by political journalist Michael Barbaro uh, this pod mm-hmm. was the trailblazer of daily news podcasts it was actually just launched in 2018 I feel like it's been going longer yeah. but yeah it's I mean there's there's lots of news podcasts out there and political podcasts but as you said good journalism to the point not necessarily an agenda either way it just, yeah. just gives you kind of yeah, a roundup of what's happening Yeah, from a reputable space as well from the yeah. New York Times we know what we're getting mm-hmm. we know that they know their stuff they've done their research mm-hmm. Pivot tell mm-hmm. me about Pivot because I hadn't listened to Pivot before I saw your recommendation oh really yeah. so I came across Pivot for a friend who mm-hmm. recommended Cara Swisher who's an excellent journalist on tech and business and politics and she's funny and quite real and witty and also knowledgeable mm-hmm. um, being in the tech space myself through social media and Instagram and using a, a big user of Twitter and new technology I'm, I think I'd class myself as an early adopter I mean, me talking about podcasts earlier probably would contradict that. <laughs> but I've become an early adopter in the last three years. I've changed my ways. And um, I just am really fascinated about what's going on. Yeah. Where is social media taking us? What does the tech world, where is it going to be in 10 years time? How much of our privacy is being used? What does that mean? I don't know everything about it. But again, she breaks it down to like layman terms and, tell, and takes you inside that world mm-hmm. like um you know they were talking about uh privacy and amazon and the future of amazon and how they're monopolizing the market and and they her and her co-host fight all the time and they have contradicting views and it's just funny as well it's not just like information 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 it's it's human conversation where they won't agree and then they're proving their points why yeah um so it's that political commentary of opinions that is interesting too. So it's not just informing and relaying what's going on in the stock market. Mm-hmm. It's also, well, what do we think that that can mean for our future? Yeah. How does that affect me yeah. as an individual in my work and my yeah. daily life? Yeah. 
do you coming from I suppose the Instagram world or the or having that online presence yeah. and that it's it's changing so much even in the last few years for me Instagram was something fun initially and then it became almost part of my work like you know when I get a contract to do a job if it's a TV thing it's in my contract that I have to tweet about it or post about it and now do it at this time and I was like what is what this is new to me this and so algorithms weird. and like algorithms within the the space of, of Instagram and this is changing constantly do you feel you need to kind of be knowledgeable and up on it as much as possible because it's your job I mean I try yeah. Um, it's yeah it's a business Instagram is a business now tech platforms these apps are becoming people's livelihood are people's livelihood I know they're making them they millionaires make famous yeah famous yeah, and millionaires I know billionaires. It, I mean it's great because for me I feel like it's just leveled out that playing field so now we don't have these gatekeepers in media these in these big corporations saying you can be famous or you can have a voice or you mm-hmm. can you know be recognized it's now anyone can if you have access to a camera and a phone um or a laptop or a desktop whatever and so i feel like for me with tech and instagram itself i just post what i want mm-hmm. and i need to understand that and what i do understand is that Instagram's not going to be around forever, mm. I don't think. Um, How long left my does it career, have? It's got six months left. <laughs> I have no idea. But And it's constantly evolving. When they introduced Instagram stories, we mm. used it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And it's, I believe, my prediction is that we're just wanting to become closer and closer to that person whether it's you know you Laura everyone wants to know what you're doing probably my mother my mother finds out what I'm doing from Instagram she's yeah, like exactly. I saw you at this place exactly and, call that, me and mother. we want to be a, <laughs> have a call oh wait is that your mum at the door <laughs> <laughs> like, I haven't seen you for a while I've flown over from Ireland <laughs> and weird. that's what it is the cameras are getting closer we've got higher res cameras we've got access to people I feel pressure I feel pressure with Instagram now mm. and it's taken the love away because I, I used to just kind of put it up I could interview like in one day, I could interview like three or four people. So I just yeah. put up a few different pictures. And now it's like, oh, no, you should only put one picture up a day. And, yeah. you know, you hear all these rules of, do you think, and the likes and, and the, you know, the certain times of the day you put it up, it is becoming more structured. Do you think it's, it's dangerous now? I think that you play the game, don't let the game play you. Ooh, and I like you it. And I think for me, an algorithm is set by what I create, right? Mm-hmm. And so if I'm pacing every, placing everything at 6pm every night yeah. and that's when people are tuning in and that's getting the hits, then of course it is. Mm-hmm. But I like to mess things around and post when I feel like it. I like to post when I feel um, inspired to post. Mm-hmm. When I have something that I've really thought about. Mm-hmm. Uh, premeditated posts for me never feel real or authentic. Um I understand the purpose of them because sometimes when I work with a brand, they need to sign off the caption and stuff beforehand and then I'll post it up at the day that they specify. But generally, I just if I feel inspired and I feel like I've gone through something that day where it might add value to someone else's life, I'm just going to write it and post it. Mm-hmm. And on Insta stories, people see me from being on set and all glamorous to waking up in the morning being like, hey guys, I've not had any sleep tonight. And I like that, mm-hmm. that realness that you have access to every part of me to a degree. Do you worry about that, about giving too much of yourself for your own, not for what other people think, but for yourself to, or do you kind of keep a little bit of Jada for Jada? There's always a little bit where it's me and and family and that's really special because I think um, when you give everything away, it's like, what do you have left for yourself? Mm -hmm. And everyone will have an opinion on everything. But I am really... um, I place a lot of importance of showing people both sides of the coin, not just this, you know, glamorous model life where, you know, you're you're telling people that they can be beautiful, but also showing people that it's also being real mm-hmm. and being aspirational and inspirational. But being relatable is mainly I th- yeah, what I Yeah, it's that word relatable, to. which is why I think podcasts do so well in storytelling absolutely every podcast you know bar of course you have like more audio books and storytelling but there's something in there that connects with you as a listener mm, yeah. uh, and you feel you almost feel like because I always think radio is quite similar to this as opposed to TV it's so personal yeah and for me podcasts are personal well because you're stripping away what that person looks like mm. what you know, the only thing, the only sense that's being stimulated is the voice. Mm. And so you're creating, it's like when you read a book. You know, I remember I was obsessed with Harry Potter as a kid. And then when I watched the movies, I was a little bit scared because I was like, is this going to be the magical world in my mind? Yeah. That's on screen. How did it do? It 
did all right. It did all right. It did all right. But I think sometimes you can't even, I couldn't even paint the pictures in my head, no. but they were so vibrant. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's beautiful about podcasts is you can create, you're like stepping into this magical world that's also, you know, just stories in your mind. Do you know what's interesting? With um, Pivot, we're talking about, and it's uh, Cara, you mentioned, and she co-hosts with Scott Galloway, who's a professor of marketing at NYU. Um, I don't know what they look like. And I haven't Googled what they look like yet. Oh, Because okay. in my head, again, when you talk about the Harry Potter thing, I'm like, in my head, this is what they look like. And when they bicker and banter with each other, I don't know, I just have this picture painted. Yeah. Maybe I'll Google them afterwards. Yeah, yeah, you should. I mean, don't actually. It's quite <laughs> nice to, it's quite nice to just not know. Okay. And then you've got to say, you... I won't like what I see. No, no, not at all. I just think it's quite nice to like hear somebody and be, and you know, she's so like, knows her stuff and we might just associate that with a certain looking kind of woman or whatever and Mm. then it you know it completely contradicts what you've assumed or thought about when you see her or not maybe it won't maybe Mm -hmm. it will but I just love that that idea of um what do I think Mm -hmm. from when I hear somebody talk what assumptions have I made about them I suppose with the tech world and business and politics and what they say about this, with great power comes great scrutiny and how it is important for all of us to question everything. Mm. Um, and even when it comes to things that you think, oh, politics, that's not an area I'm interested in. It affects everybody. Yeah. And no matter what happens or what you're being told by any news outlet, question, 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 question. Yeah, absolutely. And although, I mean, I'm not directly, I work on Instagram I'm not in the tech space. I'm not developing an app or anything. But I think it's really important to listen to something that's outside of your bubble. Yeah. That, you know, can just give you this, you know, you might not think you're interested in it. And then you start listening to this podcast. You're like, actually, that's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, Putting yourself outside of your box or comfort zone or echo chamber for Mm -hmm. me is really important. Is there any specific episode or anything that they've talked about particular there? There was one with, um, it was on Facebook and it was talking about social media uh, platforms and monop- how Facebook obviously have monopolized that space to a degree mm-hmm. and how maintaining, okay, uh, it, I'm going to give you my interpretation yep. of it, but maintaining the power and control of having all that data in one space. Like there's how many millions of people signed up to Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I think there was an interview with um, Mark Zuckerberg and he was saying, you know, if we don't do that and we don't have access to potential um uh, threats on the country all these conversations that are happening via Facebook mm-hmm. that we can detect and tap into and protect our country and there so those conversations are being had on maybe a Chinese platform mm-hmm. that has been created we, we're not going to be able to monitor that because that's not in our world like that's not our our app Yeah. so therefore it's in their interest to have as many people using Facebook habitually and having these conversations had on that platform um, to maintain like national security mm. Um, and so for me, I was like, oh, wait, so it's not about connecting people. It's there's another agenda. Yeah. And, you know, if that everybody is on Facebook, that only makes sense that potential conversations like that are going to be had in that platform that's accessible to how many people. Um, so it's more of it's a bigger picture than just connecting. It's about it, it's like a much bigger Thing that they're now and controlling. I, th- I think you know you, when you say when we think like I'm like I'm not in the tech space. I you know th- I don't really have interest in this particular thing. We're all connected to some degree, and you know bet- between the privacy conversations about Facebook, and I remember that time it was like a few months ago when everyone was downloading FaceApp so to make themselves look old, mm, and then yeah. suddenly you realize all your pictures have been sucked in from your phone and they're on this app now. And it's yeah. like some Russian app, and you're like, oh, hold, maybe this was a bad idea. I don't. But uh, you know we are putting ourselves out there yeah. if you're online and. Most people are, even if it's to having an email email address or and someone having your phone number or anything like that. We yeah. are part of the tech world, yeah. and we do need to know what's going on and knowing what we're willing to give up. I think with um, Instagram, the privacy settings in the new updated app. Um, oh no! I bas- feel like I need to know about this. What? <laughs> no, they but they basically the the new update has shifted the settings so that okay. you can the settings give you access to other things where you can enable personalized advertisements or you can disable it and you know you can now work with those settings and change it. But if you have downloaded them and not played around with that, then you'll just be given what their default has ah. been set at. So it's interesting to go into it and, I and didn't know, know this. that you have that autonomy to constantly change your settings and retain some sort of privacy. Otherwise, 
will just be, you know, at default setting for every app that we just download. And we yeah. don't know what we're giving away. And our, our information is so important that it's being capitalised on, monetized every day. Mm-hmm. Is, and, you know, when you think about apps like Uber, the reason that they're so subsidised, the, the rates of our travel, is because... It's being subsidized by these big companies because they're like, they haven't made a profit in how many years? Mm. And Twitter, they've Mm. never made a profit. And it's because they, you know, it's not about making money off this app. It's about collecting people's information and and having X amount of people sign up. It's scary when you think of it that way. It it does. But at the same time, it's like, it it makes sense. I don't know what, you know, my life would be like without Uber. Yeah. And so for me, I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to monopolize, let any company monopolize that space. So I'll download the next competitor app and onboard with that and start using it. Mm-hmm. So it's like being aware, but also playing you the know, game. You playing say you play the game. Yeah. Don't let the game play you. You play the game. Yeah. And we all have control and like money is power. So it's wherever we put our currency. No, that's mm-hmm. what we're supporting. So, you know, if it's a small startup or a local business, I'm always more inclined to go there than the big companies. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know everything. I just listen to these podcasts and hope no, that I but, it, but it's interesting it's... And to even just have your headspace there yeah. to open yourself and think about it. I A lot of people talk about you know, your phone listens to you and 100% listens to you, uh, but actually using that to your advantage because anytime I talk about something, I'll go on Facebook and there'll be an ad for it. Yeah. But I was like, me and my boyfriend wanted to go to, um, where are we going? Chicago. And we we're like, Chicago, Chicago, talk to Chicago, talk to Chicago, <laughs> la, 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 la. Give us cheap flights to yeah. Chicago. <laughs> and then I like, went to my phone and there was like, there was like rates and discount deals. Winning the lottery, winning the lottery. Jada says I win yeah. the lottery. How do I win the lottery? <laughs> but um, it's, you know, we laugh about it and there is something quite scary that your phone is listening to you but yeah. but then actually it was actually quite handy and it makes life easier it does make life easier yeah. so it's kind of changing your perspective and and making it work for you yeah and knowing and rather than feeling really swamped and overwhelmed by it just know that remember you have the power mm-hmm. all the time just go back to that yeah um to some degree uh, so that is Pivot, uh, which I highly recommend you listen to. I don't listen to it every morning. I've, I said you just got me it's, into it. It's but... a heavy. It's a heavy listen. Like yeah. I, I often like to sit down and write notes when I'm listening to it. Yeah, because I'm, I'm you... weird like that. That's that's actually I don't one. Think I've never listened to a podcast about right. So notes that's before. the only one that I can't listen to and do other things. Okay, because yeah. there's so much information that yeah. I'm like. Whoa, that was so. I mean, I, I can't retain it. I can't even tell you about the episode probably because it's just so much going yeah. on. Um, when and eventually, you... I'd like to go into that space. I think. Do you think? Yeah, talking about protection of our privacy, yeah. and because I think tech is going to be such a part of our life that mm-hmm. it's going to be so integrated. Have you ever watched that Disney film, Wally? I feel yeah, like we're going to be Wally. like. I feel like we're going to just be living in those little booths, and our avatars yeah. going to be living life one day. Yeah, <laughs> don't be far scared, from guys. It. But I feel like that's going to be the case at some point, and um, in many years to come, maybe after our kids, kids, kids. Yeah. And so I think you know, learn how to adapt your life in a way that still protects you. Mm. And so you know, if you, oh, I can't remember who said this, but I think it was my dad. Never ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. But also... So just do it anyway. Yeah, do it anyway. But also like to break the rules, know know what the rules are. Yeah. So it's like understanding what these apps are doing, what what their function is, who owns them, Mm -hmm. what that space looks like. And then once you've understood that, you can fight for the people's rights in that space because you understand how they're being taken advantage advantage of. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm also just fascinated with what the future could hold for us. Yeah, I'm so. fascinated. And I think anyone, it doesn't matter what space you're in, I think it affects everybody. It affects how you buy food. Mm-hmm. It affects how you get to work. It, you know, this this affects this day to day. You know, when you look years ago at a lot of people looking ahead at forecasting how the world would be, tech has just surpassed everything. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, it's phones. It's not necessarily, uh, you know, Back to the Future. Do you remember that film of flying cars? It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's what you can do with your phone. And we never thought we'd have that much power just in our hand. I know, I know. And the other day my phone broke. <laughs> it had it crashed because I've had it. It was a year old. but it, like A year ma- old used to be quite new. year old now is old. A year, but for- it wasn't old. It was just maxed out capacity. I had like over, I don't know, 100,000 pictures and videos. And it just was like, nope computer says no and it just crashed and I was like oh my god I'm about to leave the house I've got a car coming to get me 
I've got, my agent's going to be like, what the hell's going on? Have I got a meeting? I don't know because it's all in my calendar on my phone. Mm. How do I get to my next meeting? I don't know because you don't I don't even know where address. it is. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, back to basics. So I got out my laptop and went back into to, email. I love that basics is a laptop. <laughs> back to basics. <laughs> a laptop. A desktop. <laughs> Another piece of uh, technology. Not wearable. Yeah. Desktop. Not wearable. And then I had to old school email. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I messaged my boyfriend and was like, hey, I'm going to need you to get me an Uber. Bear in mind. I, oh, yeah, I, even to you book an Uber. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't know how to get from one place to the other. I've got a bus stop outside my house. I also have a cab office across the road from my house, which I've never used. And I also feel a bit bad about because I feel like I still want to support these people because if we lived in a cash-free society yeah. and everything is tagged and, and being able to be traced... That's quite petrifying. Because not that I'm going to plan to do anything bad. Do you buy things with cash? I I I lost my wallet for three days, but I didn't realize I'd lost it because I just use my Apple Pay. I use my phone for everything, and it was only three days later I realized, oh, what handbag is my wallet in? I mean, I always my dad would always funny tradition. Ever since I was a kid, he'd always put twenty pounds in my purse, just like put it in the back of your purse. I wish your dad was my dad. No, but I would never use it because he was like, this is just. If you need a taxi somewhere That's or lovely. something somewhere, keep that there. It's like, obviously, you, you have money to spend your budget, but then that stays there. And so I've always just had that cash there. And occasionally it's come up where, you know, places don't take card. You're like, you don't do what? What kind of stone age are we living in? But actually, don't worry, £20 in the back of my purse is coming up handy now. Uh, Jada, before I let you go, uh, tell me a little bit about Project Body Love, which is the podcast by Women's Health magazine. Ah, uh, this is one of my favourite little projects I've done this year, actually. So Women's Health magazine have launched a podcast for every day of the month of November. And the podcast lasts for about five minutes per episode. And they're narrated by me. And basically, each episode is is an insight into body love, body confidence, um, where kind of our thought patterns and insecurities stem from, whether that's you know, we talk about the objectification theory. We talk mm-hmm. about um, who's profiting off of our lack of self-worth and insecurity, what that industry, the beauty industry looks like, how, what part media plays in that, the com- like the kind of ways that we talk to ourselves and the conversations that we have, changing your narrative and wording. Um, all of these really interesting topics that we know, I think, for me, I was like, oh, I do recognise that. But I never knew exactly how to change it because I maybe I didn't have the articulation or I'd never been told like the breakdown steps on what to do. Each episode also comes with a lovely mantra that you can say to yourself. Um, stuff like, my body is beautiful or um, I am worthy of listening to this podcast and learning to love myself. We also do really lovely um, deep breath exercises so we can just tap into how our body's feeling. For our three deep breaths today, set an intention to care for yourself today. You'll show your body gratitude for all of these body functions that mean something to you. Now, breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. Thank you so much for giving your attention and practice to today's Project Body Love session. This session affirms that self-care is an important form of gratitude to our bodies and all that they do for us every day. Now, if there is a podcast that you want for you, mm-hmm. for some me time, this is the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we advise people to get notepads and kind of jot down how they're feeling as well. Oh, lovely. And you can pause me at any time and <laughs> go back to it. And, and we ask really thought-provoking questions like, when was that time that you felt bad about your body? When was that time and what was going on? Mm-hmm. And then you can identify it and you're like, mm-hmm. okay. And then they're like, what things have you missed out on because by not this. loving your body? And then you're right and you're like, oh my God, why did I miss out on maybe taking my kid to the swimming pool or yeah. that day on the beach with my mates? Yeah, That's so like ridiculous. And then what do you want to do now? Mm-hmm. And, you know, often those times we kind of brush off and just get on with life and move on. But I think for these little five minute, like bite-sized pieces are just really helpful. 
um, for me anyway. And you can listen back to all of them then. Is that, yeah. they're, they're up online now. Yeah, so they're all up back. online, all 30 of them. Um, yep, on the Women's Health Body, body, body Project Love <laughs> website. <laughs> body Project Love. Say that fast. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Jada, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, and you've given some great recommendations. Um, thank you for, I know, informing me. Um, I'm definitely going to change some of my listening habits and what I'm going to listen to. Thank you, Jada. <laughs> Bye. And that's it. Another episode down as we delve deep into my guest's audio world. I hope you get cast away by today's top podcast picks. Yeah, I just said that, sorry. All of the podcasts we've mentioned today are included in the episode show notes. Now, if you love this conversation as much as I did, please share your thoughts by leaving a review. And if you'd like to receive weekly installments of Cast Away delivered straight to your phone, hit the subscribe button. Until next time, that's it from me. Take care. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.